Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Your table to enjoy your company. Open our ears this morning that we would hear your word. Open our eyes that even when things feel hopeless and dark, that we can call upon you. We thank you for your word that reminds us that you are. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning we're in John chapter 11. Another I am statement. John eleven seventeen through 27. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was just less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. When Martha heard what, that Jesus was coming... She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will will live even though they die. And whoever lives by, by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into this to the world. May God add his blessing as we prepare our hearts this morning to sit around the table. Thank you for the reminder that you are close by. Thank you for your word, for the opportunity to hear your voice, to reminded, to be reminded that you are. Thank you for your love and care and concern. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So I want to begin uh, with this morning's passage and where it starts. It starts in what we might see as a funeral showing. It looked a little different back then than it does now. It, more often than not, it would happen in your house and uh, for a longer chunk of time than what we normally do now, but... Is there ever been a place where you've ever felt hopeless? In those moments where you feel like there is no way out, no way up, no way to get out and around what I'm, what's going on in my life. 
I, I would be willing to bet that if you've been to many funerals, you realize very quickly that some people are in that spot. I did a funeral about a month and a half, two months ago, of a, of a young man. I say young man, he was 44, who died of a heart attack and left uh, three teen, two teenage kids and a, uh, a younger daughter even. And the one thing that stuck out in that funeral to me was this. We spent about 40 minutes doing the funeral, finished up, and I always go in the back and just wait, wait it out, see what's going to happen, see how people respond, react. And I spent about another 50 minutes sitting in the back waiting for people to leave. Now, most everybody left, except his wife and his kids, maybe grandparents. There were, there were a few people. And every time they would try to leave, they would walk out the back, they would come back in. And there was this real sense of darkness and despair, this real sense of this would be the last time we would see dad. And it broke my heart to see this young man not old enough to really understand his feelings, trying to manage those feelings. He would stay and hang out at the casket, but then he would just become overwhelming, and so he would, he would exit only to gain enough gumption or strength or that separation feeling. I, I don't know exactly what he was feeling, but you could, you could see that he would then re-enter and go right back to the casket. And this happened probably no less than eight or ten times. Over and over. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart to watch this young man walk through this and realize and to feel that hopelessness of death. And that's kind of where this passage starts in the morning, this morning. But it would be simple to say, well, death is the only thing that we lose hope over. But I want to I challenge you or maybe encourage you or uh, open the door for you to think about all of the different things that cause us that, that hopeless feeling. Things like debt and stress and our bills and uh, not sleeping, anxiety. Uh, people's expectations, our health, all kinds of different things cause us to lose hope. I've heard people say, I don't think I'll ever be able to change. I'll never be able to be on time. I'll never be able to, to do this to the expectation that's been put in front of me. And so they lose hope. And we see that Mary and Martha are frustrated with Jesus. They've lost hope. Lazarus is dead. How long? Four days. King James Version? He stinketh. They've, lo they've loosened it up a little bit on the, if you have NIV or any of the others. But the King James Version says he stinketh. 
Jesus comes along. He rolls in. Too late, right? In some of, in, in obviously Mary and Martha's mind. Too late. And he rolls in and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. In the midst of hopelessness, Jesus offers hope. And he puts it squarely on his shoulders. I am the resurrection and the life. Some interesting things happen in this passage. You've heard of Mary and Martha before, have you not? Same Mary and Martha. Do you remember the old story, the other story? Remember what happens to Mary and Martha? Any of you all know who's, who, who's a Mary in here? Who's a Martha? We got lots of Marthas, right? <laughs> we got lots of Marthas. Workers, right? They're working, keeping busy. And I don't know if you remember the story. We're going to talk about it in a second. But, but I'll, I'll kind of uh, give you a little bit of a... Uh, Martha was the one that was doing the work. Well, Mary was hanging out with Jesus. This is a different passage. But um, Martha's doing all the work, and she gets mad, and she gets frustrated. And she says, Jesus, why don't you tell her to help me? You know, she's doing the many hands make light work, right? If she would help me, then we both could hang out. We could all hang out together. And Jesus says, she understands she's doing the right thing. Same Mary and Martha. Do you see what happens today with Mary and Martha? A little different situation, right? One of them stays home. One of them didn't even come out to see Jesus. This is their... What do you think is going on with Mary? She didn't even show up. Is her heart that broken that she, she wasn't able to be where Jesus was? They were friends. Jesus knew these people. Martha reminds me of someone who would be willing to stand up for what they're feeling. Because she goes out to find Jesus. She realizes he's coming, and she challenges him. Same Martha, right? This passage is, reminds us, that, uh, for me, that, that we have some choices to make. We have some choices to make. The story is great, right? It, it, this Mary and Martha, they show back up on the scene and we recognize that one of them's not happy because the other one is hanging out with Jesus and then we see him again here in this, uh, and, and they're sisters, so you know there's sibling rivalry there, right? We recognize that, um, that, a, that some of us are a Mary, some of us are a Martha. Maybe some of us need to be better at being, no one raised their hand to be a Mary. That was surprising to me. No one raised their hand to be a Mary. Are you working? Oh, ah, trying to be a Mary. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to. Uh, maybe we need to work on being Marys. Maybe we need to do a little better job of of spending our quiet time, spending that time with Jesus, and being less concerned about 
the things of the day. Maybe we need to work to be a Mary rather than a Martha. See, I think all too often, when things don't go well, things aren't going right, we see struggles and trials. Has anybody ever made it through life without any struggles or trials? Anybody? No? Nobody in the balcony even. Oh, Brentley. Brentley's the only one who made it through life without... Anybody else? No? You know, you realize as soon as something bad goes wrong or something in life goes bad, that's, let me put it that way, we're really quick to blame God, are we not? We're really quick to say, you know what, God? We're just like Martha. If you'd have been here, this wouldn't have ha- He wouldn't stink. He wouldn't have died if you would have came. I know you could have fixed this problem. He wouldn't have died. All too often, we see problems and trials and struggles in our own lives, and we blame God when it doesn't go the way we want it to go. When it goes, doesn't go in the direction we think it should go. We're quick to blame God. We're way more quick to blame Him than we are to give Him credit for the things that He has done in our lives. And so let me challenge you. This morning, do you believe that He is the resurrection and the life? That He can raise people from the dead? And that He is eternal life? Because that's what He's saying. He is calling out to them. He, He reminds them, I am the resurrection and the life. And if He understands life and death, And can conquer it. Should not ought we pay more attention to what he's doing than what we think is right or wrong? One of the uh, cool things about the healing journey that I like, and I don't get a lot of it because I only get to hear the Reader's Digest version from my wife, is that one of the challenges early on in healing journey is this. Asking yourself if you're mad at God. Asking yourself if you have a, a bone to pick with God. If you're struggling internally with this challenge of understanding who God is and maybe being mad about something that happened that hasn't gone the way you expected. And I am told that that is a big struggle for a lot of people. To come to terms with the fact that you might be upset. If Martha was in the healing journey, she would have had to been upset. And come to terms with the fact that God wasn't where she thought he should be. Do you ever feel like God isn't where you think he should be? Or that he's not doing it? the right way, or that he hasn't healed your family member, or he hasn't fixed your problem. We have choices. Choices to make. Let me challenge you and encourage you 
to stop blaming God and to trust Him. Because He offers us comfort for today. He offers us the comfort we need for today. What does He say to Martha? He says, your brother will rise again. So Jesus comes alongside of of Martha in a very difficult time. He comes alongside of Martha to tell her and remind her that she is loved. He uses people today in our circles to come around us and tell us and remind us that we are loved. Sometimes we don't want to hear it. Sometimes we don't want to believe it. Sometimes we get stuck in the midst of it. But he brings people alongside of us. He encourages us through his word, through prayers. All too often, I think, we want it in our time, do we not? We're like, all right, God, let's go. I need it yesterday. I need it yesterday. You need to take care of this problem. Martha says, or she's alluding to, if you would have just came in time, if you would have took the time and got out of Jerusalem less than two miles, it didn't ta- wouldn't have taken you four days to walk two miles. Why didn't you come? Were you ignoring me? Do you not love Lazarus? You know I love my brother. But all too often we struggle to be patient. We struggle when God doesn't respond in the exact time we expect we expect him to. Has much less to do with what God's really doing in our lives, how God's really working. Has more to do with our expectation. God, you need to work yesterday on this problem. You need, and, oh, uh, and by the way, I need you to answer it like this. I need you here. Why don't I just write it? I'll tell you what I'll do, God. I'll write out the contract, and all you have to do is sign it. And once you sign it, we'll be good. Right? Because somehow we think we're the resurrection and the life. Psalm 27 reminds us to wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. Is anybody good at waiting? If there is one thing I have learned in my getting older age, I have learned patience. I have learned... Wait, I need to say I am learning patience. I was the most impatient person you could ever meet. And God has taught me patience in ways of being in the right spot at the right time. Waiting out something. I, I, I have this new thought, this new idea that's been really running. You will not miss God's bus. He's not going to drive off without you. I promise. He won't leave you stranded. He won't leave you hanging. Be patient and wait for the Lord. 
If he's starting a new ministry in your heart, if he's, he's teaching you new things, if he's starting to grow uh, areas in your life you maybe have never been involved, maybe there's a change in your life, be patient and wait for the Lord. He's not, you're not going to miss the bus. I promise you won't miss the bus because God's timing is perfect. He will be there at that moment you need him to be. And if it doesn't happen today, it wasn't supposed to happen today. Wait for him. Stand back and let him do his job. Let him work and watch how he does it. All too often, it'd be easy to say, God, you just you missed the boat on this one. Obviously, he got too busy. Someone got in his way. Someone grabbed him or he had to preach uh, out of the boat and didn't get out of the boat quick enough. Whatever happens, right? He's, whatever he's doing, Mary and Martha, they're like, they're worked up. And God shows up in perfect time. Jesus says, Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Of course, that's right after, Mar- after Martha's like, hey, uh, yeah, I know he's going to rise again. Jesus is like, no, no. I'll, uh, I'll bring him back to life. I was right on time for the glory of God. But Jesus offers hope for, the, for eternity. He offers hope For our eternity. He says, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I am the one who came to turn the world on its head? That's the question that he's offering for each one of us. What does Martha say? Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. See, lots of people believe that, that really, very rarely do people have a problem believing that Jesus existed. Even the other faith traditions believe Jesus existed. The Jews have no problem with believing that Jesus existed. The Muslims, they believe he was a good prophet. Where the line is, where the problem becomes, is he claimed to be the Messiah. I am. He claimed to be God himself. And that's where people really have a problem. Where the line gets drawn, they struggle with the idea that how could Jesus, walking on the earth, be God? How could... How could he do that? So for some, his claim is audacious. Like, how? How could you say that you are God? My sense is, for Mary and Martha, they understood that what Jesus spoke was the truth. And I'll challenge you this morning. Where do you put Jesus 
Do you put Jesus as a, as a nice guy in history? Do you put Jesus as a, as a prophet uh, that, that had some really cool things to say? Or do you put him as the resurrection and the life? The only way to eternity. The hope for tomorrow. Challenging question. Hopefully you've answered it. If you've already put Jesus as the hope for eternity, great. If you haven't and you're in the other arenas and you're like, I'm not really sure, then I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to share the scriptures with you. We've been looking at the I am's because that's what Jesus saying to the Jews, to the people um, that he would come in contact with, that I am God. And as we watch it play out, we see Jesus go to the cross. Lose his life. Be raised again for our eternity. He's speaking about what will come. He's talking forward. I am the resurrection and life. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And I'll leave you with this last question. Do you believe that? That's what Jesus says to Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the reminder that that each person must sort through each of these ideas. That you called yourself the resurrection and the life. We're thankful for that. We're thankful, Lord, that you would come to this earth and offer us a way out. Thank you for your love and your care and your concern. We thank you, Lord, for showing up on time, for giving wisdom and patience. Thank you for the love of Jesus that changes our hope, hopelessness into hope. In your name we pray. Amen.